Welcome to the Thrive Church Weekly Podcast. We pray that you will be blessed and encouraged by this message today. Thanks for tuning in. Good morning. It is fantastic to have you along here this morning. Um, just before I get into what I was going to say, um, Ryan and Joe, are you in the room? Ryan, I can see you. Joe's not with you in there right now. She's out? Okay, she's serving out there. Hey, God just highlighted you guys to me um, while Glenn was praying at the end of worship. And I just felt that he really wants you to know that he is for you. And a picture that I just kind of had in that moment was of his arms wrapping around your whole family. And the thing with his arms is that they were so big that they encompassed your whole family. He just wants you to know he's, he's got you and he's for you. And just the words of the blessing song that we were singing earlier, um, may his favor be upon you and may his presence go before you and beside you all around you. I just felt that that is especially for you guys this morning. And I would just get that, um, get that song and just declare it out over your family because that's what God saying over you guys today. Awesome, right. Just want to share a story with you this morning. Um, This is one that I just came across this week. It starts like this. Sarita would walk with her shoulders hunched and her head ducked. She was skinny, even afraid of her own shadow. She believed she was worth nothing. Sarita grew up on an island in the Pacific. Her father hardly believed that she would ever find a husband. One day, a very skilled and smart man, nicknamed Johnny Lingo, noticed Sarita and wanted to marry her. Now, the custom was to bring a dowry to the parents of the wife-to-be, and that dowry was in the form of cows. So everyone knew that two to three cows could be given for a a nice wife, Um, more like four to five for a very nice one. And so the people were astonished when Johnny bought eight cows um, for Sarita. Now, weeks after the wedding, um, Schenken, who was a shopkeeper on the island, he came to deliver a gift that Johnny had bought for Sarita, and Schenken couldn't believe his eyes. The Sarita he had known weeks before had become a very beautiful woman. She was graceful, and she showed inner confidence and dignity. What had happened? See, Johnny had known that a woman would feel degraded knowing that a low-value dowry had been offered for her that she would be devastated hearing of other women boasting about how many cows had been given for them. And because Johnny valued Sarita so much, Sarita changed. Her posture and the look in her eyes showed that she had grown and blossomed. How Sarita viewed herself was the key. Now she knew that she was worth more than any other woman on the island to Johnny. Pretty cool story. So let me start by saying this. (laughs) My mother wants to know where the cows were for me. No cows. I don't think even any money. Anyway, he has proven that he loves me so many times. So my first point today is not pay cows to show value to people. It is that all lives are valuable. See, Sarita thought she was worth nothing, but all it took for her to totally change the way she saw herself was for somebody to show value to her, for somebody to see her life as precious. Now, I believe that there's people in this room here um, who are called to establish organizations and projects that are going to uplift the value of life and bring social transformation. You're going to see significant change in our nation and in the nations. And as I was preparing this message, I felt like this was what I needed to share with you because I want to release this to certain people as well. Um, I believe that in this room, there are ones to whom God's going to download particular strategies that will help to bring a turnaround in our society. 
So if you're getting any inkling as I'm sharing that, just take hold of that and we're going to pray for you at the end as well. Now, some of you are called to big projects, but each one of us is called to make a difference in the life of another person. So it starts by just noticing the people in our world, the day-to-day moments in our life, the people we come across and valuing them, valuing their life. So we're in week three of a series, which I don't know how many weeks it's going to go on for. It might just keep going on for a while. The series is called Get Your Life Back, and I've called today's message, Life Matters. This is something I feel incredibly passionate about because the enemy has a mandate of death over this nation. You know, we have to remember that there's a lot happening in the physical realm, and we can see that, we know about that, but the battle is actually being waged in the spiritual realm. Now, Jesus loves our nation. He died for our nation. He came so that our Tiaroa could know life to its fullest. And, you know, I believe that this is our moment to align with heaven and speak life over our nation. So you have a voice. Each person in this room has a voice. Use it. You know, we were singing um, and lots of songs today, actually, about not staying silent. And we can't. We cannot afford to stay silent in speaking and standing for life for this nation. So like Glenn mentioned, we all know that we're about to have referendums happening in our country very soon. Um, And particularly the end-of-life choice bill is the one I want to mention. And can I encourage you, you may be actually feeling a little bit confused about who to vote for this time around. Um, But let your voice be heard loud and clear in these referendums. Now we have information available today at InfoDesk about both of these referendums. And please um, just grab that on the way out. So I'm not going to go into all the ins and outs of it today, but we do need to know about it and we need to talk about it. And I'm just going to give you a few facts. So this bill, the End of Life Choice Bill, is not a concept. It's a specific, unmovable legislation. So all it is waiting for is for the results of the referendum before either it gets thrown out or it becomes law. Now, 75% of people polled in New Zealand recently thought that the bill meant that assisted death was legal for a terminally ill patient only after all other treatments had been tried. But that is not the case. It allows for assisted suicide to be the first stop, to be the first thing that happens. Um, I was reading a National Review magazine. Um, Actually, Mum um, posted this on Facebook recently. On the uh, 16th of September, they wrote this. This article is about Canada, um, where assisted death and assisted suicide are legal. It says this. We're told that euthanasia is compassion. But how compassionate is it when last year in Canada, hundreds of sick people were euthanized because of loneliness? Just let that sink in for a minute. The country's 2019 Medical Assistance in Dying annual report found that 13.7% of the Canadians killed by doctors asked to be lethally injected because of isolation or loneliness. Many of the reasons given for assisted death could have been overcome with proper care. Another reason people gave for asking to be killed was the perceived burden on family, friends and caregivers. It's an astounding statistic. 34% chose to end their lives because of this. In other words, people put themselves out of their loved one's misery. Now, how have our lives become so independent, so separated that the solution to loneliness and isolation can become death? 
When did the value of the life of another become just so low, so reduced that choosing death is perceived as their best option? Now, you may want to argue, but what about in this situation or what about in that situation? Read the facts. Consult the Word of God. Talk to God about it. Also, just remember this. It's a very, very slippery slope once that door gets open, even a crack. So please collect some info um, from InfoDesk about these referendums. Now, Jeremiah chapter 23, verse 28 and 29 says this. He who has my word, let him speak my word faithfully. Is not my word like fire that consumes all that cannot endure the test, says the Lord, and like a hammer that breaks the most stubborn rock into pieces. I have a hammer here today. I have a rock. I'm not actually going to break this rock right now because I think that might, excuse me, it's not going to take me a long time. What are you saying? Today's message is a call-up. It's a challenge, but it's also a declaration. It's a declaration that we're called to make, each one of us, both individually and collectively as a whole. Now, if you've been in church more than a few weeks, you'll know that I absolutely love declaration, declaring out the word of God, declaring out the truth of his kingdom. You know, the word of God is living and active. It is powerful. And I know firsthand the power that it carries um, to bring transformation. Now, for me this week, this message was a bit of a battle, was a bit of a wrestle. Um, Sometimes life is just a bit of a battle. I don't know how you guys find it, but for me, sometimes life is a battle. This week, it was a bit more of a battle. Um, And I think partly for me, it's because the enemy just wants to silence our voice. He wants us to feel powerless. He wants us to keep silent. I was talking to Glenn about this, and we were also talking about declaration. I said to him, I just don't want declarations to be hollow words. They need to carry the power of God. Transformation needs to happen. And then he led me to those um, verses in Jeremiah. Now, if I, start to, if I was to start whacking this rock right now, a mum thinks it's going to take me a long time. Um, oh, the table could break. And yes, I think it would actually take me a while. Maybe if I got Matt up here to do it, I think he'd probably do it real quickly. Eh? Um, but it would eventually, I hope for me, it would eventually break. Um, and the word of God is like this hammer. We just read that, that breaks the most stubborn of rocks. And we need to keep declaring out the word of God, keep speaking out his truth until the rock breaks. And this is not just for a few of us in the room. This is for every single person. We have a voice. We need to use it. And so declarations can be like this hammer where we take God's truth. We take heaven's intent and we keep speaking it out and speaking it out into the spiritual realm until we see the natural realm shift on earth as in heaven. So let's get our hammers out. I encourage you, every single person, let's get our hammers out and start using them. We're not going to use them on people. We're going to use them in declaration. And we're going to keep driving that hammer at that rock of death and destruction in our nation until we see the fullness of life released, until the Word of God accomplishes everything that He intends for it to accomplish. You know, today, at this moment in history, I think maybe more than at any other time, we need to be carriers of life. Every single person in this room is called to be a carrier of life, walking in the fullness of life for yourself, releasing it to others and speaking it out. So don't stay silent, both in your vote that we're talking about and the value you place on others and in your prayer and declaration. Let's together release life over this nation and sign up for that firewall as well. Use your voice. 
Genesis chapter 1. Let's go there for a moment. Creation of mankind. God said, let us, and I've used the Amplified today a lot more because I just like the way it expands out um, the meaning. It says this, let us, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, make man in our image according to our likeness, not physical, but a spiritual personality and moral likeness. So God created man in his own image, in the image and likeness of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. And then in Genesis 2, then the Lord God formed, that is created the body of man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And the man became a living being, an individual, complete in body and spirit. Now God's intent for mankind, every person created in his image, each one of us a carrier of who he is, an image bearer, and living in total unbroken connection with him, fully alive in body and soul and in spirit. That's his intention. You know, death was never part of his original intent. It entered the world because a choice was made, sin entered, and it had consequences. Death was not the plan. Sickness was not the plan. Chaos was not the plan. Disease was not the plan. It was not meant to be. When God spoke, let there be, it happened. Creation happened. It came into being. And God has not stopped speaking life over our planet since. The life of every human matters so much to God. And we know, and like it says in John 3, 16, that he gave his one and only son on our behalf, his unique son as a gift. So now everyone who believes in him will never perish, but experience everlasting life. And I believe that is in this life as well as in the life to come. And so now a question begs to be answered. Who told you that your life didn't matter? Who told you your life isn't incredibly valuable? And who sold our planet and our nation the lie that the value of each life is not priceless? My third point today is that your life is precious. Ella's life is precious. Matt's life is precious. Wayne, your life is precious. Psalm 139, just love that psalm. And if you need to know more about how precious your life is, then just get the psalm into you, learn it. Just want to read a few verses. It says this, For you formed my inward parts. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. How precious to me are your thoughts, O God. How vast is the sum of them. If I would count them, they are more than the sand. That's a huge thing to get your uh, head around. The thoughts that God has about you, good thoughts about you, are more than all the sand in the world. So God knit you together. He made you wonderfully. He's thinking about you constantly. You are precious. And it's time to take back that value for ourselves and the value for those around us. To realize the gift that life is. Now, I looked up the definition for life during the week. I was curious to see what the dictionary said. So the Merriam-Webster dictionary said this, the quality that distinguishes a vital and functional being from a dead body um, or an organism state characterized by capacity for uh, metabolism, growth, reaction to stimuli, and reproduction. Or another definition, the sequence of physical and mental experiences that make up the existence of an individual. All quite true, all very boring. Um, according to that def- definition, you're alive. Every single person in this room is alive. You're carrying life. You're not dead. 
But those definitions could, I think, also be used for any living creature, for any fish or a bird or an insect, a snake. But you're different. Because Genesis 2, and we've been singing about it today, God breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. God has breathed into each person in this room and everybody watching online the breath of life, his own breath. This is not said about any other living creature. You carry, we carry the breath of God himself. That is a huge, important fact to get our head around. You know, you may have doubted your value, but not only did God choose to make you, he also made you in his image and his likeness, and then he placed his breath within you. The very breath in your lungs is given to you by your father. Um, this week, I went for a walk down at the river, kind of at the insistence of my husband. He's like, just go for a walk. It's going to be good. Go for a walk, spend some time with God. So I took his advice, and God and I had a chat. And I realized that I'd been believing a lie about myself. This is a lie I already had identified in the past, but it had just come in again because um, I had kind of just perceived the way someone else saw me in a wrong way. So I kind of just opened the door to this lie again. God showed me that not only was it a lie, but that I'd started believing that lie about the way he saw me as well. So I cried. Fortunately, I was wearing sunglasses, so it didn't matter when I was walking past people cried and I handed it all over to him and asked for forgiveness and then I asked God just to give me a picture, um, just something to replace all of that. And he gave me just a picture of his face, the face of Father God. And there was just so much kindness and care in his eyes. But then I noticed that his eyes were actually brimming with tears. And so I just kind of asked him, what's that about? And the tears, I felt he said, were tears of love, first of all. But they were also tears of sorrow as I felt him say, how could you believe that about yourself? You are so, so precious to me. You are so valuable to me. Back to the question I mentioned earlier. Who told you your life didn't matter? Who told you your life wasn't precious? I must say, I'm absolutely sick of the lies of the devil of the lies that sometimes he whispers them, just those little thoughts. Sometimes it feels like he's shouting them at us. I'm sick of the lies that the devil wants to speak over our children, over our youth, just over the lives of my friends, over the lives of people in this church, over our region, over this nation. Those lies of, you're not good enough. You can never do that. People don't like you. What's the point? Or nobody sees you. You're worthless. Maybe it's just me that sometimes has those lies whispered. I don't know about you guys, but it's enough is enough. Maybe you've even had those words spoken directly to you, but they actually start um, with the devil. They're straight from him. So over your life today, I just say enough, enough of those lies. And over this nation, enough. And if you've been agreeing with those lies, aligning with them, it is time to stop. So get out your hammer. Get out your hammer of truth and start using it against those lies until that rock breaks. John 10.10 10 says, The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy, but I, meaning Jesus, came that they may have life and have it abundantly. You know, anything that isn't abundant life is not from God. The enemy wants to steal from you and he wants to take you out. Now, you may need help from others to come out of that web of lies, and I would really encourage you, if you felt like you've been on a web of lies, 
talk to a leader, talk to a friend, maybe get some sozo prayer ministry, I highly recommend that, and just start speaking out the truth of the word of God and refuse to align with lies any longer. Um, I was talking to Hope during the, re- the week and she just shared with me the Tereo word for life, which is order. And it means to be alive, well, safe, cured, recovered, healthy, fit, healed. It means life, health and vitality. I love that meaning. Um, so good. And so awesome that it's the last half of the name of the place where we live, of our place, Rangiora. You know, every time we say it, we're declaring life and health and vitality. Who wouldn't want to live here? And it lines up so well, that meaning lines up so well with that second half of John 10.10 where it says, I came that they may have and enjoy life and have it in abundance to the full till it overflows. You know, abundant life is what Jesus died for. Abundant life for every single person here. He wants you to have it. So it's time to start valuing our life and it's time to go a little bit further and realize how precious your life is. Your life matters. Value it. The life of the person sitting next to you matters. Show them that they're valuable and speak God's truth over your life. Speak God's truth over the lives of those around you. Speak his truth over this nation. Now together right now, we're actually going to get out our hammers And we're going to use the truth of the Word of God to just smash a bit more of that rock of death and declare life. So we're going to stand together. Actually, just stand together now. And I'm going to declare the first part of this declaration out over you. And then I think we're going to have the words up here very soon. And the second part, we're just going to join our voices together and speak it out over our nation. So I am created in the image of God. Now, this is for each one of you. If you just go, yeah, I want to align with that, just in your heart go, yes, I'm agreeing with that. I choose to believe. I'm created in the image of God, fearfully and wonderfully made. I carry the breath of God in my lungs and the DNA of heaven in my being. My life carries immense value. God loves me so much that he sent Jesus to this world to redeem my life. My life is a gift. I value my life. The lives of those around me matter to God and so they matter to me. Jesus sees them and cares for them and so I choose to see them and care for them. The words that I speak to those around me have the power to produce life or death and so I speak life. I value the lives of others. Now we're going to do this next little bit together, starting with Aotearoa. Okay. Aotearoa is a nation called and chosen by God. The plans that God has for this nation are plans to prosper it and not to harm it, to give it a hope and a future. I align with God's plans for this nation. My nation is valuable. I declare our Tiaroa live. It's not on there, but that is the last line. Okay, we're just going to declare this together. We're going to just speak how our Tiaroa live. So we're just going to just say that together. So on three. One, two, three. Our Tiaroa live. Thanks again for tuning in to the Thrive Church weekly podcast. Stay up to date with everything that is happening by following us on social media.